from the land of adventure and diversity. These are the stories of extraordinary Africans, only on Faces of Africa. Mogadishu, capital of Somalia. It's been called the most dangerous place on earth. For more than 20 years, the country has been racked by a bitter civil war. But today, things are changing. A fragile peace is holding, and there's hope that the long-standing conflict is finally reaching its end. But while for many here, life is getting better, for some, it's getting worse. Meet Abdallah, a 26-year-old who has what's considered to be one of the most dangerous jobs in Somalia. But he's not a bomb disposal expert, a soldier or a politician. Abdallah is a journalist and it's this that makes him a target. In 2012, 18 journalists were murdered in Somalia and to date, no one has been brought to justice for any of the crimes. Abdallah knew all of them. Many were colleagues or friends and he understands the risks of his profession all too well. Walking by foot and driving is always better driving because driving no one can uh, surely identify you easily. So it is, it is, it is safe to drive in, uh, instead of going round on foot. Journalists are believed to be in more danger in Somalia today than at any time during the country's anarchic history. The media has opened up and many of those killed were apparently targeted because of what they reported. Understandably, most journalists in Mogadishu want to remain anonymous, and Abdullah is no exception. Because of the dangers of being openly filmed, we've given him a secret camera to record his movements. By the way, when I'm coming to home, I call the home, the people who are in the home, like my children um, or my relatives or my wife. I try to call them and ask them if, if uh, try to come out and see you for the uh, neighborhood. If maybe some strange people are there, they call me back and they say there are some strange people. So I try to manage my, my coming here and my return back here. So, I always try to join in my way because uh, you cannot make sure, you cannot assure that the, the place you have gone or you have left this morning will be safe for you to return back in the evening or in the afternoon. Abdullah was just five years old when, in 1991, Somalia's then president, Siad Barre, was toppled and the country began spiraling out of control. In the absence of any government, lawlessness and clan warfare reigned. 
Amid the chaos, a succession of radical Islamic militant groups emerged, the most powerful being Al-Shabaab, which is linked to Al-Qaeda. In more than 20 years fighting, around a million Somalis lost their lives and millions more were displaced. But in August of last year, a new chapter began. Al-Shabaab was driven out of Mogadishu by Amisom, a peacekeeping force set up by the African Union with United Nations backing. A few months later, a new constitution was written, a new parliament was formed and a president was installed, bringing a new sense of hope for peace at last. Like most Somalis who stayed in their country during the years of fighting, Abdallah's family paid a heavy price. In 1997, his brother was killed by a stray bullet while walking home from school. Not long after, Abdallah lost his right arm in a car crash. Refusing to let his disability hold him back, he taught himself to write with his left hand. Today, he lives on the outskirts of Mogadishu with his wife and their five children. The two youngest stay at home while the older ones go to school. The garage of his home is empty. Most journalists in Mogadishu earn between 50 and 100 US dollars a month, barely enough to pay their rent, let alone buy a car. Abdullah often works from home, editing a news website. Today, though, he's come to his office in the centre of town. Because of the dangers of being out after dark, several of his colleagues sleep overnight in empty rooms in the building. Somalia's newly formed government is doing its best to take over the responsibilities of a functioning state. Among events to be covered today is a ceremony at the United Nations Political Office for Somalia, where equipment is being handed over to the new information minister. The minister's programme manager is Yusuf Sheikh Issa. He was previously a journalist with the state-owned radio Mogadishu, a regular target for Al-Shabaab. They tried to kill us. They said, uh, before killing the soldier who have the gun, we have to kill the journalist who works at radio Mogadishu. Because the soldier can kill one or two of us, while the journalist can discover. Yes, discover and talk to the large number of people. This performance at the event shows how much things have changed in Somalia in recent months. When Al-Shabaab controlled parts of Mogadishu, they banned music, 
claiming it violated Islamic law. The newly appointed Information Minister, Abdullahi Hirsi, has returned to Somalia from the United States of America, where he sought refuge during the years of war. He's one of many Somalis who want to play a part in their country's reconstruction. As part of the ceremony, tribute is paid to the 18 journalists killed last year. Let us stand for a minute of silence to remember that. When he's not working, Abdullah studies political science at the University of Somalia. We can identify several important social functions of media that my work to stabilize the social system. Though Abdullah's course is full, few in Mogadishu can afford higher education. Being a journalist in Somalia, however, requires no formal qualifications, and despite the risks, many are keen to enter the profession. Abdullah himself started reporting at the age of 17. Getting a job in the journalism field is easy. Is the e one of the easiest jobs you can find in, in Somalia. One of the easiest things you can find. Yeah, that's simple. And you are not required any university degree, any college degree, or anything else. Even you are not required to be to be educated. In reality, you need only a small training, a small workshop. How to use microphones or something like that? Audio records, so you have to start your job. Abdullah has written a book in Somali on the ethics of journalism, but there's no formal code of practice. Getting a job is often not a case of what you know, but who you know and who you're related to. Yeah, also some political and some of the owners of the media are have political agenda and political ambition, you know, through media. So that's that's why some of them have opened more radios in Mogadishu. All the directors for the media houses in Mogadishu, with the televisionists, with the radios, the directors were hired on a clan basis. Because if I open a radio, I have to hire someone who is from a clan because I cannot trust the other group. This radio station is one of dozens of media outlets in Mogadishu. Here, staff are holding their morning editorial meeting. The station is well known for its criticism of Al-Shabaab and in 2010 was the first to defy their music ban. Its director is Osman Abdullahi Gure. <laughs> Marka
Abdullahi Sultan, a journalist with the radio station, was maimed in September when two suicide bombers attacked a nearby restaurant. In the hallway is a poster honouring some of the first journalists assassinated in Mogadishu. The restaurant where Abdullahi was injured in the suicide attack is also one of Abdullah's regular haunts. It's called The Village. Yeah, because because it's not it's not from the tea. It is from the yeah. What what do you say? The machine. Yeah. So that's why I do not like something from machine. It's the place always very popular for the journalists because of it is it's in the center of the town and many journalists gather in the afternoon, chat, have tea in the afternoon here until in the evening. The restaurant was set up last year by Ahmed Jama, a British Somali who returned from London to open it and another restaurant in Mogadishu. It was a show of faith in Somalia's future. Less than two months after the attack here, Ahmed's second restaurant was the target of another suicide bomber. Despite this, he's vowed to keep them both open. Amongst the 18 who died in the first attack were three journalists. Can we just speak to some of the journalists who are here? It's perhaps no surprise that fewer can be seen here today. Nearly 20 or more journalists use it together in every day here. And journalists got fear to come here because of that explosion. And now that's why you can't see more journalists here. After the first explosion, Occurred, the people around here who were hearing the accident run and flee to this inside here. It was another cafeteria here. Another man uh, wearing the vest for the explosionist and no one knew him. So he was one of the people run here. He just entered inside. When he was here, he blew himself another time. And here, another 15 people were killed. Another 15 people were killed. But the most of the journalists were killed at that part, that section. Abdullah himself narrowly escaped the attack, and a close friend of his was among those killed. Uh, he was asking me five days before that, that day, if I could come with him and have a tea with him, let us discuss and chat, why don't you come, Abdullah? He was saying to me that. I told him that I was busy, I could not come always to the public places, so I had a lot of job to do. I told him, so I, 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 I'm sorry. One of my best colleagues in here, in addition to journalism, has passed away here. On the streets of Mogadishu, Amisom peacekeepers remain a regular sight. As part of the operation, Nigerian and Ugandan police patrol in heavily armed convoys. But according to Abdullah, day-to-day -day law enforcement remains largely non-existent. Personally, I, I do not trust the police and all kind of security personnel 
in, in here in Mogadishu. Go back to the 18 assassinations who were mostly my friends and my colleagues. They were killed by some people dressing in government soldiers' dress. You cannot trust because you cannot even differentiate who is militia, who is government soldier. They all wear the same uniform. You cannot identify who is the one who is going to kill you and who is the one who is going to save your life. Charles McConnell is the African Union Police Commissioner in Mogadishu. It is really very unfortunate that we have had a number of journalists, Somali journalists have been killed, uh, especially here in Mogadishu. It is really very unfortunate. I think it is a way of our Shabab trying to, 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 to prevent uh, the, the, the public at large from knowing exactly what is happening in Somalia. There have been rumors, but unfortunately we don't have evidence. No, no, no one has been like uh, prosecuted. Uh, no MP or senior politician has been prosecuted. We haven't really had like concrete evidence to say uh, so and so he funded the, the killing of a journalist. But it's possible in a situation like in Somalia where there are quite a number of competing interests. Nobody has been so far successfully prosecuted uh, for killing a journalist. Why? I would think maybe it's because of the difficulty in uh, the gathering of the evidence. These offenses normally occur like during the night. Uh, normally, it unknown gunmen just appear, shoot a journalist, and disappear. Abdullah now has another assignment. It's International Human Rights Day, and the European Union has organized a conference about freedom of expression in response to the attacks on journalists. Diplomats have flown in from across the region. Abdullah hopes the new Somali government will come up with a plan of action to put an end to the killings. We all know the statistics, more than 18 dead this year alone. Somalia at the moment is the most dangerous place in the world for journalists. Our message to international community is that we are more than willing to end the impunity of killing journalists and will ensure that from now on, on the Somali government will go after perpetrators and to the media community. You have a partner in the Ministry of Information that's committed to fight the fight and end the violence against journalism. Not everybody can join the army or has the courage to join the army. But those who join the army are the courageous ones. In Somalia, not everybody can become a journalist because sometimes even more dangerous than to become a soldier. These journalists represent a new generation. Some of you we are born during this crisis. But still, the crisis has not deterred you from being attracted to the journalist profession. But you are in the front lines. Congratulations and thank you, and maintain the courage. Abdullah is one of a number of journalists who've been chosen to give his views to the conference. Cameras have been ordered to wait outside so they can speak without fear of reprisals. Most of the time, one of the 
politicians in the government asked me a report that I wrote on, the, on my website. He asked me, why do you always talk about the presidential and some issues about the president? He asked me. I said, if, if you, for example, if yourself you do not want to report in the media and you, you, your name to be put in the, in the news coverage, why have you come to the public office? This is a public office, not for you or for, for your family. This is a public office. You are on behalf, you are serving on behalf of the people, so many people. So, for example, I'm Abdullah. If I do not want to be in this conflict, I must go to my home and sit with my children and my family. But if you come to public office, you must accept accountability yeah. and transparency. Thank you. Thank you. Abdallah is also Information Secretary for the National Union of Somali Journalists, or NUSOJ. It has more than 500 members across the country. The Secretary General is Mohammed Ibrahim. Each month from December last year that a journalist has been assassinated. So uh, making, you know, uh, the statistics of the killer journalists is almost to uh, 19 since last December. But this year alone, 18 journalists and media workers have been killed. On this one poster, how many journalists have been killed? I think one, two, three, four, five. At the union's weekly board meeting, Abdullah reports back on what happened at the conference on freedom of expression. as he leaves the journalist's union office, a woman approaches Abdallah. This uh, woman behind me yeah. says that she was raped. Serious case, yeah. I got frightened when she told me. The woman claims she was gang raped by government soldiers near her home in an internally displaced people's camp, and she wants the world to know her story. Despite the horrors of the woman's ordeal, Abdullah says no news outlet in Somalia will run the story. We always want to speak about politics, wars, kings, and something, and criticism, something like that. Please leave this one and do not go to the press. They see that the raping. It's not a big crime because according to what I think is happening in Odisha, you are killed in every night, every day, without cause. So instead of speaking about, talking about killing, why do you focus on killing? Having made it through another day in Mogadishu, Abdullah returns home to his family. I, I chose to work as a journalist because it is my 
my favorite job, my favorite. Knowing also that is part of my my obligation as a human being in Somalia, because when you are a journalist, you are not only telling a story or news about death and something like that. You are also doing or serving for the interest of the nation, for the interest of the people. For example, when you are talking about humanitarian affairs, when you are talking about the vulnerable people, when you are talking about the minority people like young children and women and something like that, you are doing an obligation as a human being. In future, Abdullah hopes to serve his country in other ways as well, by entering politics. When I was young, I had a dream, a dream which I have still. In the next 10 years, which, which I call my long-term plan to run for the political system and the presidential uh, office in Somalia. And why I do say that is only to have to bring on board some changes to this country. So I would like to be as a new leadership who can bring or restore the lost hope for my country and for my people. And I, inshallah, I hope I will, I will get the reality and I, that my reality will come to the truth. Abdullah's long-term hope is for a new Somalia where there'll be true freedom, not just for his family and his countrymen, but also for the press.